Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. President Trump has apparently asked his cabinet secretaries to look at whether their agencies have funding that can be used toward the border wall. Man, He's really obsessed with building a wall. Mr. President, your policies are incredibly, incredibly cruel towards immigrants. You're damaging the economy and our society to the point where coming to America to pursue a better life won't even be a logical option. Don't you see? You're the wall. <laughs> the wall was inside you all along. From 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York City, please enjoy this podcast edition of Late Night with Seth Meyers. On today's show, Seth talks to comedian Bill Burr. Then Bill continues the conversation backstage just for this podcast. But first, a closer look. So many of President Trump's friends and aides have abandoned him that the only people left to defend him are Stephen Miller and Rudy Giuliani. For more on this, it's time for a closer look. Things would be a lot easier for Trump if he still had Republicans in Congress to protect him. But now, he has to deal with Democrats as they prepare to take control of the House. And right now, Trump is fighting with them over the budget. Trump wants money for his border wall, and Nancy Pelosi has been adamant that he won't get it. And I'm just going to guess from looking at the two of them that Pelosi is going to win. I mean, look at the two of them. He looks like he had a panic attack at a steam room, and she looks like Neo from The Matrix. If if he shopped at Talbot's. She's Tom Cruise, he's risky business. In fact, Trump is so easy to beat in these situations that in last week's tense meeting in the Oval Office, Pelosi called a potential government shutdown a Trump shutdown, and Trump was annoyed that Pelosi beat him to the punch. I think the American people recognize that we must keep government open, that a shutdown is not worth anything, and that you should not have a Trump shutdown. Uh, you have the, oh, the oh, White House. You, Trump Trump down. Oh. Oh. you have the White House. Go you have the Senate. Oh, were you? Trump's like a guy who gets checkmated in chess and says, I was going to say that. And then you say, why would you say that? You didn't checkmate me. Then he'd just eat all the pieces. <laughs> After Pelosi outwitted Trump in the Oval Office meeting, the White House got really desperate and turned to a staffer who has mostly stayed out of the public eye lately, and that's senior policy advisor Stephen Miller. Miller has been quiet in the last few weeks, although he occasionally lurks in the backgrounds of photos <laughs> like the White House janitor who's been dead for 30 years. <laughs> Yesterday, he went on Face the Nation to aggressively proclaim that Trump would hold the government hostage if he doesn't get money for his border wall. 
we are about five days from potential government shutdown and Republican leadership says there's no plan. What is the president's plan and will he shut it down to get this five billion in border wall funding? We're going to do whatever is necessary to build the border wall to stop this ongoing crisis of illegal immigration. And that means this is a down? this is a very if it comes to it. Absolutely. This is a very fundamental issue. The Democrat Party is a simple choice. They can either choose to fight for America's working class or to promote illegal immigration. You can't do both. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what the hell's going on with Stephen Miller's hair? <laughs> I mean, here he is before that interview. And here he is during it. Is that a proceeding hairline? Does Stephen Miller get a hard, hair hard on when he talks about the wall? Stephen, did you hear ICE is breaking arrest records? Ooh! <laughs> Stephen has a hair boner! I mean, look at that thing. It would have been more believable if he just Charlie Browned it. Is that spray paint, or did he get the inauguration crowd tattooed on his head? Trump was forced to turn to Miller because of the unprecedented turnover in his administration. For example, after he announced the departure of his current chief of staff, John Kelly, Trump said he would replace Kelly with someone who already works in the White House, Mick Mulvaney. And the White House said that on top of being chief of staff, Mulvaney would also keep his current job as the director of the Office of Management and Budget and the head of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It's getting to the point where there's only going to be like four people left in this administration and they're each going to have 30 jobs. <laughs> I'm pleased to announce that I've appointed Stephen Miller Secretary of State, Defense, Commerce, Head Speechwriter, Communications Director, and White House Babadook. <laughs> and I have to say, I have to say, Stephen is so excited about it, his hair boner is down to his nose. Trump has lost Republicans in Congress and Republicans in his own White House, but of course, the gravest threat to his presidency so far came from the man who was, for years, closer to him than almost anyone else, and that's his former lawyer, Michael Cohen. In an interview with ABC, Cohen made clear that Trump had directed him to break the law and explain how he'd grown apart from the president. I will tell you that the gentleman that is sitting now in the Oval Office, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, is not the Donald Trump that I remember from Trump Tower. He's, a very, he's a very different individual. No, he's not a different individual. He's just in a different location. There's not an expression like a bull in a barn, but move it to a china shop and suddenly everyone's like, get this bull out of here. And they're like, he was fine in the bar. It's like, this is not a barn. Now Trump, for his part, for his part, insisted that he had nothing to do with the hush money payments Cohen made to cover up Trump's affairs. Trump has also argued that Cohen should have known better, an argument he repeated in an interview with Fox News. Michael Cohen says that he lied in order to protect you. Yeah. What's your response to that? Let me tell you, I never directed him to do anything wrong. Whatever he did, he did on his own. He's a lawyer. A lawyer who represents a client is supposed to do the right thing. That's why you pay them a lot of money, et cetera, et cetera. I think by et cetera, et cetera, you mean because it's illegal. <laughs> Only Trump could et cetera, et cetera the law. He pulled in a lane. I met a porn star, went up to my room, yada, yada, yada. I'm an unindicted co-conspirator. <laughs> Yet even in the last few days, Trump's story on this has changed again. First, Trump insisted he'd never heard of the payments. Then he said they were legal. Then he said it was Cohen's fault. And now his current lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, is saying, so what? If it was illegal, nobody died. Here's what Rudy Giuliani, the president's lawyer, said this week, quote, Nobody got killed, 
Nobody got robbed. This was not a big crime, Giuliani told the Daily Beast. And then he added, I think in two weeks they'll start with parking tickets that haven't been paid. This is ridiculous. This and, is they're, and they're going around with this and you're talking about all these other investigations. I'm telling you, George, they're going to go try to look for unpaid parking tickets. Oh, my God. Rudy managed to out-crazy Stephen Miller. Congrats, Rudy. You get the hair boner. Even Trump's closest friends and advisors are getting as far away from him as they possibly can. The only people he has left to defend him are Rudy Giuliani and Stephen Miller, and that's because people are starting to realize a fundamental truth about working for Donald Trump. You can keep your job or you can keep your dignity, but... You can't do both. This has been A Closer Look. Our guest is a very funny comedian and actor you know from Breaking Bad and such films as The Heat and The Front Runner. The third season of his animated show, F is for Family, is currently streaming on Netflix. Please welcome to the show, Bill Burr, everybody. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Congrats on this, the third season of your show. Uh, you're, you play a father of three. This yes, is you I there. Yep. And you did not make it look like you. You decided to go a different direction. Yes, I did. That's, yeah. uh, that's Frank Murphy, uh, yeah, loosely based on my dad. Because <laughs> everybody watches that and goes, did your dad do this? Did he do that? No, it's, it's loosely based because I wanted my family to be able to watch it and not, uh, you know, be mortified. So. <laughs> and do you enjoy, are there things that you find you can do in animation that you uh, couldn't do in live action? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because a lot of the, you know, when I try to do live-action shows, they would never pick them up. They, everything I wanted to do, they'd be like, that's too mean. You know, kids will cry and, you know, all the stuff that they say. But, you know, nobody cares about animated kids, so... <laughs> <laughs> it works out fine. Like, nobody they, can be like... More Wait. often than not, they're not... It's adults being the kids, the voices. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's kind of... Yeah, it kind of works out. I know, but I've always, you know... My whole career has kind of just been, you know, just off to the side. So no one really pays attention to me, but enough people do that I stay in the business. So um, it's a nice you know. place to be. Yeah, I'm it glad. Is. I'm certainly glad. You have a two-year-old yourself now. Congratulations. Yeah, she's going to be two next month. Yep. That's fantastic. And uh, you have, you're turning 50. And turn you're, 50. Turn 50 and your next special is called 50. How are you feeling at 50? I feel good. I mean, I haven't drank in a, like 10 days, which is, bo <laughs> which is like... It's boring, but, you know, you wake up, your stomach's flat. You're like, all right, this isn't that bad. But, uh, <laughs> no, I obviously became a dad late at 48, so I got to make sure. I got to be there for at least 30 years to make sure, you know, she doesn't marry a jerk. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, then I can just kick off, and that'll be it. <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> there you go. You're Very uh, environmentally sound. Oh, you mean getting out at 70 yeah, is yeah. environmentally no, sound? No, 80. Oh, at 80. I'd okay, be 80. Gotcha. I got to go yeah. to 80. And then me and my wife, two people, only created one. And then we die before she makes anybody, right? Yeah. No more traffic, like, produced by us. That's how you got to do it. That's great. I feel like they should, you should get a free uh, plot if you do that. You should get a tax break. Yeah. You should get it if you don't create any people. Like, you should be like a hero. They should have, like, a parade for you. Because it goes the opposite direction now, of course. You get a tax break for the more kids you get. So yeah. you're saying it should go the other direction. Yeah, yeah, no more kids. I'm anti-kids. <laughs> they need to be stopped. No, I don't know. Are you, uh, uh, are you, I, I heard you're going, you're thinking about going back to church. Yeah. I don't believe, I don't believe in any of it, really. Um... And my church, I feel like I'm going there. I'm helping to pay for a legal team. So 
I know. Oh, they only raped kids. Come on, here we go. You're not against that, are you? Jesus Christ. I never understood why people groan that. Oh, uh, he brought it up. I didn't do it. So I'm against it. If you were confused about what I was saying there. So, but then every other religion just seems too far down the line. They got the giant book and I never read the one in my religion. So I'm not doing that. But then I can't go to like some, you know, like those, those new groovy ones where everyone's just dressed in regular clothes. Like, you know, hey man, everybody gets to share. It's just like, I can't do that. So I don't know. I just think it reminds you to, to not be, you know, you know, an ass. Do you think that like maybe once a week you just kind of go there and you sit down, you think about your 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 week or whatever, as the person tells all the, you know, stuff that's hard to believe. Is it because front. you're a dad? Is having a child now why you're being reflective and, and thinking? Of- no. Yeah. I never had that moment where I had a kid. I hate those people that have kids and then they become this new person and they pretend like they weren't this, you know, this guy doing keg stands <laughs> and driving drunk or whatever the hell you did. It's like, no, I was a jerk. So I'm going to like, I'm not going to try to become somebody I wasn't. But it was just, no, I, I'm, I'm, you know, doing well in this business. You start selling tickets and you start feeling like you're kind of living a slothful, more gluttonous, like, what am I doing? Smoking this cigar and drinking this high-end hooch. <laughs> Who are you? You had a paper route. Go, go back to church, you idiot. You know, so it's more along those lines. Well, that's a good reason to go. You, uh, you are selling a lot of tickets, and you're, you're doing, about to do my, what is my dream tour. You're going to Europe oh, okay. to do stand-up in Europe. And you're also going in the winter. Are you is- one of those Americans that just automatically thinks they're smarter over there? Because you got to go, because everybody in America knows, oh, my God, the food and the people are so enlightened. You go over there, it's some idiot eating fish and chips, (laughs) screaming about soccer or whatever. It's like, that's, I know that guy. I know, I've seen that guy, you know? Yeah, just like everybody's over there in, like, lab coats figuring stuff out. They're not. Everything's so much older and so much cultured. They still, yeah, they still get on social media and trash each other. <laughs> are you going? Are you going to any places? You've you've obviously toured a lot over there before. Are you going places you've never been? Yeah, this is like a thrash. I'm going through like Eastern Europe, like Estonia. I'm doing Prague, Bosnia, um, Poland is a big one I wanted to go to. And uh, yeah, so would you go in with an expectation? Do you think uh, to yourself, oh, a Bosnian audience will like this part of my act, or no. you just go in and do exactly you, what you? Would I do? act like I'm right here, because <laughs> if you go over there, the first time I did London, like I was just in my head the whole time. I'd have like a joke coming up about like, and it involved a squirrel, and then in my head I'd be like, do they have squirrels over here? Did I see a squirrel? <laughs> Is this gonna bomb? And I would be like freaking out. And then I swear to God, you pull back and then they pull back and then it just becomes like this staring contest. So I just act <laughs> like I'm here. I use references. I use slang. And I, ju- I just go until it bombs. And then I make fun of it that they didn't get it. And then I just go again. But I've gotten, so- I've gotten some of the funniest. Uh, I, mean, I was in Stockholm, Sweden one time and I was, I was on stage and there was some guy you know, saying, you know, all right, you know, what do I do after this? Where should I go? Blah, 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 blah. And I just hear this guy in the crowd yells out. He goes, come to my house. They'll have a party. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I think I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to meet you anywhere, buddy. Uh, but they had a great sense of humor. And I remember when I did Stockholm, uh, 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 Stockholm, Sweden, I came out and I said, hey, it's great to be here in Switzerland. And they all laughed thinking I was joking and I just played it off. I was like, oh, <laughs> So anyways, I, uh, 
But um, it's, do you feel a, a bigger rush? Is there something you know when you think about all the small rooms you played here and you know where you're from, and when you go over to a whole another country, do you have do you have a rush of like I can't believe I'm killing in a foreign country in a big crowd? Yeah, definitely. But I always have that thing. You know, you have a job to do. These people paid for a sitter. They're coming out and that thing, and I'm always trying to get like better. But there's definitely. You know, I've been starting to add some shows over there, and it's just like it's you know it's you know YouTube, it's it's Netflix. Like your stuff can just go international, and um, you know I definitely feel blessed that I can go to these places, make a little bit of money, you know, and uh, yeah, meet all these. Can different you enjoy people. yourself uh, uh, the day of? Like if you you know obviously you're going city to city, so you don't have a lot of time. If you have a show at night in Prague, can you go out and enjoy a day in Prague, or are you in your head about the fact you got a show? Probably not, because this is my first time there. The first time there is always just you go there like, you know, an animal sleeping on a futon and all that. <laughs> then you build a following. Then I can bring my wife, you know. She shows up once all the land's been cleared. <laughs> all the hard work's done. Yeah. I, oh, I want to go. That seems like fun. I didn't bring her. She'd probably buy some stupid antique over there. And I got to figure out how to bring it halfway across the world. But I like it. Yeah. You break even on the yeah. whole trip because you got that's an old the, piano. The word that's going to kill me yeah. earlier is going to be why. That's what my wife always does. You know, Do you like this? Nah, I don't like it. It's a piece of Don't get it. And then she's always just like, why? But I like it. And then it's just like, all right, buy it. No, but I want you to like it too. And it's just like... <laughs> There's just no winning, but you uh you have a you're a licensed helicopter pilot. Yes, I this am. This is true. How long has this been the case? Um, I get it, 2014 or 2015. I can't remember. What made you want to become a licensed helicopter pilot? Uh, conspiracy theory <laughs> and uh, living in Los Angeles. Uh, what is the conspiracy theory that led you to it? Um, well, I'm not into like, you know, people think if you're into conspiracy theory, they just automatically think that you think, you know, you think there's lizard people and shapeshifters and, you know, you have this aluminum hat on. No, I just sort of read up on the banking system and I'm like, this is kind of a giant Ponzi scheme. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I was living in L.A. and I was just looking at it. It's like, you can't get out of this city even when it works. Like, what if it ever hit the fan? How do I get out of here? And it just seemed like up and out <laughs> was the only way to do it. So, yeah. No. So I then, think you know. Yeah, but then I always watched Magnum P.I. and I always liked T.C. And he flew that <laughs> Huey 500, which I thought was cool. And so then, and I'm also sort of a, a closet gearhead where I don't know a lot of stuff, but I watch videos of people repairing engines. And I just really got into it. Next thing you know, I'm flying around in those things. I guess my question would be, though, based on your escape plan, do you have your own helicopter? No. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of holes in it. There's also, a lot of this, holes. Is, this is not enough for your family. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. But I can only afford to... F I just rent those things, man. It's just like... Yeah, that's the thing. There's another thing, too. Whenever you watch, like, a zombie movie and some guy comes running up to, like, a plane, like, a helicopter, I should say, and just starts it up like he's getting in, like, a, you know, a, a Corvette and just drives away, that's not how it works. you got to warm the whole thing up. You'd have to kill half the zombies by the time you went through your pre-flight just to get up and out of there. So I, I didn't know that. So I went ahead and I did it. And I, and I will tell you, it, it's one of the big accomplishments in my life because I was terrible in school. And uh, but that was something that I was actually I, I wasn't wor worried about learning how to fly it. It was the ground school and all the rules you had to know. So uh, but I was so interested and it was so fascinating. I was actually able to do it. So, uh, you know, uh, well, fantastic. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Congrats on the show. Have a great trip to Europe, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to all see right. you. Great. We finally did this. Bill Burr, everybody. F this for family. It's streaming on Netflix and stand up tour dates. Go to BillBurr.com.
Hey, this is Kevin from Late Night. We are backstage with Bill Burr. Hey, Bill. Hey, how nice. are you, Kevin? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. <laughs> it's uh, nice to be backstage here at Seth Meyers. It's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal. Thanks for sticking around. No worries. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about... Oh, did I have an option to leave? I didn't know that. I thought this was part of the requirement. You were contractually obligated. Obligated. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah. So, All right. But, but I like you. that you presented me as a nice guy that was cool enough to hang around. <laughs> right. I tried. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Just let you know I already mentally left, so this might be difficult for you. <laughs> Great. I'm not far behind. <laughs> Congrats on the third season of F is for Family. Uh-huh. Um, the show takes place in the 70s. Why did you decide to set it in that, uh, in that era? Because um, that's when I grew up, and then also I feel like uh, after shows were made in the 70s, I never really saw one about the 70s that looked like the 70s that I remembered. Uh-huh. It all became lava lamps and uh, AMC pacers and bell bottoms and mm-hmm. people being into disco. It just be- it just became you know that which existed, loud suits and all that. But they didn't the 70s that I remembered. You know, it was you know it was a time you know uh, it was a weird time. Yeah. Where, you know, the Nixon thing fell apart, Vietnam War. I didn't understand that, but I felt the vibe of it. And, uh, you know, a lot of American industry was going away. And um, it was just, a, it was a, it's a way more interesting time than I feel like it's been given. Mm-hmm. I don't know, compared to now, it's just funny how you just yeah. open your door and you let your kids go outside. And the, you as a little kid met other little kids. And then with your little kid brains, you decided what you were going to do. And then bigger kids came along. It was like, it was like Discovery Channel with kids. And then all of a sudden, you just started running like gazelles and the lions came in and somebody got caught. And it was just, um, it was definitely a different time. And, and um, I look, you know, now that I have a daughter, I would absolutely, I mean, I live in a city, but I mean, even if I lived in the, the suburbs, I mean, I just would never, ever, I got an Amber Alert the other day that there was some kid missing. It's just like your yeah. heart just, I mean, just the nightmare Yeah, that, of that, you know? Your daughter is almost two. I mean, how quickly did you start thinking about jokes that you could tell about being a dad? Was it an immediate thing with you? I keep my daughter out of it. If she wants to get into the showbiz world, that's her decision. I'm not going to make that for her. Yeah. You know, these f-ing people parading their kids down a red carpet. I don't understand. With all the weirdos out there, I just do not understand yeah. that. But, you know, it's your kid. Have fun with that, right? So, yeah. um, no, I, I talk more about the, exp- uh, maybe how it's changed me and my wife, but mm-hmm. I leave her out of it. And, and like, my, the first thing that I found was how annoying other parents are. And it just, it just gives into this human thing where human beings love to know stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the amount of people that only were parents for two years and were talking to me like they already got a kid out of the house and married and uh-huh. he didn't become a serial killer which is basically, you know, you get your championship ring, you know, and they're a productive member of society. They were two years in. Yeah. And it's like, how do I know your kid's not going to end up on meth? Like, why am I going <laughs> to listen to you? And then they're also so self-involved that they're like, okay, what is it, six weeks? You wait till eight weeks because this is going to happen. Why? Because it happened with your kid? <laughs> right. Kids are all different. So I just, and they, a lot of them really just gloom and doom. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you know more of this, blow on that. I was just like. You don't sound like a good parent, man. You sound like it's miserable. I love it. I absolutely love being a parent. I love yeah. getting up early. I love when my kid is having a, you know, freaking out and stuff. It just makes me laugh. I love um, cooking for her and, and making her breakfast, making her laugh, playing, reading books, the whole thing. It really is, if anybody takes anything away from this thing, it's, it's, it's one of the few things that really lives up to the hype. Yeah. And just know, though, when, you know, 
your wife or girlfriend, whatever your deal is, gets pregnant or whatever, there's going to be a lot of people that try to take that away from you with these gloom and doom stories because I think a lot of people shouldn't have been parents. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't true. know how you can have this experience and not like be enjoying it. Yeah. Like to just immediately go negative. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's bad days. I mean, it stinks when she catches a cold. You feel bad. She doesn't know how to blow her nose. It's just, you know, it's, I mean, that's heartbreaking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Do you take the advice of the other parents? Does I treat are... them the way I treat most people. I just listen. <laughs> and if that gut feeling of this person's is an idiot or don't uh-huh. listen to him, I just kind of, all right, you know, uh-huh. I'm going to go get some more, uh, I don't know, uh, Jello Pops over there, whatever the hell they have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but if they actually seem like they know, if they're coming, oh, that's a great age and blah, 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 you know. Yeah. The other thing, too, is now the panic of, like, getting your kid into a private school. Yeah. Have you visited here yet? You need to get in there. And it's, it's so weird. Yeah. I mean, that the, starts, like, well, the, yeah, like you know what I love too. and then to. Yeah, is now they're trying to do, like, this sort of perfectly curated racial salad between the kids. You know what I mean? To have uh-huh. the perfect sort of multicultural... You know, it's like the white kids of the lettuce, and then they just throw, throw in all these <laughs> toppings. It's so yeah. it's so f- stupid. I don't even understand it. Yeah, but uh, it's the world we live in. Well, has that been the case? I, you know, with with stand up. I mean, when early on, did people try to give you advice and what worked and what didn't no, with jokes? Was different stand up was you know you'd run into the bitter guy here trying to crush your dream, but I mean you know that happens. Yeah, joke thief or whatever. But mainly people like if you come out and you're good, like comics are cool about helping out younger comics. Yeah. As far as I mean, that's was my experience that I've always tried to help out. The, you know the young that's what you're supposed to do because stand up isn't yours mm-hmm. it's this thing that we all get to do so if some you see somebody with promise you got to you know, at least very least take the time to give them words of encouragement and then you know because the, the, this is the thing because i'm just going to get older and older and older and these young kids they're going to be storming the castle and they're going to be running it and you know it's actually also not only the right thing to do it's a good business move because you were nice to them and then they have a part and i can go play the grandpa <laughs> You know, maybe right. I can work till I'm 70. Who knows? Yeah. Um, was there somebody who did so that for you? maybe I'm just being nice to them for career reasons. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> was there somebody who did that for you? Sort of encourage you? And, oh, and, countless. You know, I yeah. don't think this podcast could be long enough. Tony okay. V, Kevin Knox, Steve Sweeney, Don Gavin, Frank Santarelli, Kenny Rogerson, all of these guys, uh, the Boston scene, Mike, yeah. uh, um, Mike McDonald, uh, Mike Donovan, all the mics, they all helped me out. And then I came to New York and I just got to see guys like, you know, Dave Attell and Louis C.K. Yeah. and Dave Chappelle and uh, Greer Barnes. I saw Brian Regan when I was still in Boston. Um, I got to open for David Allen Greer. Like, I just, all of these people in, in their own way, whether they sat down and took the time to talk to you or you just watched them perform, you, yeah. just, you just learned. And like, you know, there's I, I, you know, I really only met a few like, wow, you're like the stereotypical famous person, like ass. I, I only met a few of those. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like this business right now, it's just, it's just, you know, there's so many. It's, people are just getting too small a slice of the pie mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. to, you know, put up with anybody's behavior like that. You know what I mean? There's yeah. very few people out there that can just, you know. Well, it's cool that you're doing that with Comedy Central. You have you're producing a series of specials paul verzi yeah. just did his and broke all their comedy central streaming records yeah. which was great yeah because uh you know he's you know we we're, we're getting comics that are good comics yeah and they might not particularly fit 
what they're looking for right now. And, you know, in defense of the industry, they're always looking for, there's always the look yeah. that they're looking for, you know, which I never was. They were never looking for the balding redhead. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we got, we got Jessica Kirsten coming up and Ian Edwards are going to be our next two. And yeah. they're just like, you know, they're just the ones that all comics are like, how does not everybody know who these two people yeah. are? Or how does not more people know who these people are? So right. I'm really looking forward to, um, just you know i get to do the intros on them and then they come out and just watching them you know it's a real special thing you know for comics like of their caliber mm-hmm. to do a special where other people I, I i feel like when you get it so fast it's always special but it's not like you know when i look at like jessica it's just like she did them all every hell room every yeah. gig you want to bring up anything anything you anything hell gig story you have she she can match you you know she's gone on after everybody she's done the three in the morning show she's done the prom shows the nooners she's mm-hmm. she's the real deal so like it's like she's sure she's in bedrock yeah you know what i mean she's yeah. not built on sand and ian edwards is a guy i came up with and uh you know he's written on all these shows he's wrote on blackish and all that stuff he's, he's been both a comedian and a writer and now he's really focusing on his stand-up. And he's just like, he is just like brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Like his, his you know, he's one of those guys. You know, there's that, there's that big story in the news. Everybody's got a bit. And then he comes in and you're like, ah, oh, that was the take. Great. Damn it. How did I not think of that? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's really cool. You're doing that. And, um, you know, congrats again on I am really cool season. for doing that. Thank you're very you, cool. And God, for sticking around here. I think I'm awesome. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. I think that was the point of all this. I just wanted was. to sit here and say how great I was. You got a nice, relaxed, <laughs> yeah, five yes, fun questions. Oh, thanks. You know, who great. knows? Yeah, maybe the world's looking for you know a couple of co-hosts. We could do yeah. something, right? Couple, couple bald, bald dudes with beards. with beards. Yeah, yeah there we go. I yeah. like being an old guy. Yeah, it's I pretty do. good, right? I'm sitting here with head to toe Brooks Brothers, and it feels it feels it's right. Not bad. I don't know about the shoes. I might have gone a little. <laughs> my wife got me these. Okay, things. they look great. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks again, and uh, come back again soon. Want more Late Night with Seth Myers? Be sure to follow the handle at Late Night Seth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. You can also watch full episodes of Late Night at LateNightSeth.com or on the NBC app. And please tell your friends who are fans of Seth Myers to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Welcome to Pura. The most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura. No murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us in Pura. Promised to keep you safe. I killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pure. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery+. Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.